Good morning, everybody. My name is Matt, and I am the uh, student ministry director here at Church in the Valley. It's great to see you. Um, Around this time every year, we begin a new series called the Box Office Wisdom Series. And what we're going to be doing over the next five weeks is we're going to be looking at some of the most popular movies that are coming out this summer and uh, taking a look at the, the kind of transcendent themes that these movies deal with. They, they talk about something or they deal with something that everybody can identify with. And we're going to be filtering what the, the movie makers uh, are teaching us about those themes through what the Bible says so that our our thinking always lines up with God's word. So next week we start that series and I, I hope you'll come back, mark your calendar, uh, bring a friend and there's going to be popcorn. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture that may be familiar with to some of you or, or maybe you haven't seen it before. It's from Romans chapter 12 verses one through two. And this, this passage of scripture, I've been thinking about it and, um, just trying to figure out what God is saying here for the last several weeks. And today I'd like to share with you what I believe he shared with me. So we're going to uh, read the passage and then we'll, we'll dig in. This is from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed By the renewing of your mind, then you will be able, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. As I've been reading this passage over the last several weeks, um, one part of it jumped out at me right away. And that's the very first line where it says, in view of God's mercy, Uh, we actually just sang a song. And one of the lines in the song was in view of the mercy of God. As Christians, we are very much aware of God's mercy to us, how he has forgiven us for our sins, how he has washed away the things that have made us impure, how in his great love, God looked at us in our dead, sinful state, destined for a hard life and the eternity of hell. And he has not left us there, but in his great love and mercy has rescued us. He rescued us by sending his son to give his life in our place to take our death penalty. And the Lord Jesus took off his crown and became a servant to serve all of us. And we're very much aware of that. And that fact of God's love and mercy should create within us a desire to respond to God with love, to pay him back for his goodness to us. That's the right thing to do. According to this passage, we want to please God. We want to love God. And so the rest of the passage, if you kind of boil it down, my summary for myself is this. If we can see as God sees, then we can do what God wants. And because we love God, we want to do what he wants. We want to love and obey him. This is our spiritual act of worship. And so what we're going to be looking at today is how do we become the kind of people who can see As God sees, because only then will we be able to do what God wants. And only then will we really be responding to the love and mercy of God correctly. If you keep looking at this passage, Romans 12, one through two, and you look at what it says about us, it actually describes a problem that we have. And the problem is this. We don't see as God sees. In fact, we can't see 
as God sees. We don't see as God sees because what we see filters through our mind and our mind is full of mud. It's full of mud that obscures our vision so that we can't see things and understand things the way God does. The mud in our mind is all of the old thinking, the old thoughts, the old plans, the old values, the old convictions that we've had, that we've learned in America, a part of the American culture or whatever culture you grew up in. We have collected the ideas and the system of thought of our age. And we have brought that old mind into our new life as Christians. And although we want, we want to love God back, we can't. Because we can't see what it is we need to do. Because we see through this muddy mind. Our filter is broken. And what truth actually gets through our mind as we read the Bible, as we spend time with God's people, what truth that God is trying to teach us that does get through this filter, it gets auto-corrected. You ever type on your phone, you're trying to text somebody, and it keeps changing the word to a word you didn't pick? So frustrating. That's called auto-correct. And it's incorrect. And our mind auto-corrects God's word. We take the information that God is trying to communicate to us and our mind automatically edits it, deletes it, rearranges it, distorts it to make what God says about any topic, our goals, our plans, what we love to make what God says about those things fit into our already established mental boxes, mental boxes that we have brought into our new life from the American culture that we've grown up in. This is a very scary picture. Of our mind. We don't tend to think our minds like this. We think, oh, I'm a Christian and my mind works great and I'm going to read the Bible and I'm going to be with God's people and I'm going to do what God wants and it's all going to be great. And it, it doesn't work that way. God is actually telling us something about ourselves that's a little bit hard to accept because it offends our American sensibilities. And so what you see in this passage is we are not able. It says, then you will be able. In other words, we are not able. We are disabled. We're crippled. And the disability that we have is spiritual blindness. We have eyes, but we can't see. We have ears, but we can't hear. And we have a mind, but we do not understand. And so what we need is a renewed mind that can test and approve what God's will is. If we can test and approve what God's will is, then our mind will be working the way it's designed to work. We'll be able to see as God sees and do what God wants and respond to our God who has loved us with love back. And this is our duty as Christians. This is what we must do as we walk through this life together, trying to become more and more and more the holy and pleasing people that God wants us to be. As I was thinking about this, diagnosis, the question I ask myself is, why are we blind? Why am I this way? And the first thing I realized as I was reading the Bible about it was I blind myself. You blind yourself. We blind ourselves. We don't want to know what God has to say. We don't want to see as God sees. And when I say that, you might think, no, I do. I want to see as God sees. Well, what we really mean is, is we have plans And we have goals and we have things that we want to happen. And as long as seeing as God sees gets me to that goal that I have set for myself, then I want to see. But if seeing as God sees 
means that I'm going to be going in a direction that I don't want to go. I don't want to see. This experience is common to man. It's why we don't want to get on the scale in the morning and see what we weigh. It's why we may not want to look at the bank account at the end of the month and see how much money is not there. It's why when we go to the doctor, we don't really want to hear the bad news. Because if you go, let's say you're sick. So you go to the doctor, do a whole bunch of tests. Doctor comes back and says, man, Matt, you are really, really unhealthy. And if you don't change your, your diet, your sleeping patterns, your exercise plan, your, your whole lifestyle, you are going to die. That information is not something that I'm excited to hear because it means I'm going to have to change. And I like my lifestyle. I made it. It's mine. You know this experience of getting information that you don't really want to accept because the implications would be huge for your life. And you don't want to change. That's you. If you're honest, that's me. That's who we are when we come into this new life in Christ. That's the old mind and the old heart. And this is our problem. Jesus explains this to us in Matthew 13. He says, for this people's heart has grown dull and with their eyes, they can barely hear. Is that right? With their eyes? No, with their ears, with their ears. That would be kind of weird. (laughs) With their ears, they can barely hear. And their eyes, they have closed. Who closed them? I closed them. Least, that means otherwise, they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn Give up the old life, give up the old goal, give up the old way, give up the old value, give up the thing that they used to really, really think and really, really want, and I would heal them. This is my condition. This is your condition. This is our condition. Even when we're born again, even when our life starts over in Christ. This self-inflicted wound brings with it a curse, brings with it real problems. It's not like we can just say, ah, I'm not going to, I'm just going to keep thinking the way I always think. God warns us. Isaiah 50:10. he says, behold, all of you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with firebrands, go ahead, walk in the light of your fire and among the brands of yet you have set ablaze. This you will have from my hand. You will lie down in torment. If we refuse to see as God sees, If we like our thinking and we like our approach and we're going to keep listening to people who think like we think and reading books that reinforce our already preconceived worldview. And we're going to keep looking at life the way we've always looked at life because we like the way looking at life feels that way. Then what's going to happen is we're going to lie down in torment, torment, fear, anxiety, frustration, no peace. This is the life of the human race. A life of anxiety and stress and things just don't come together. And this is because God is not going to allow us to continue to walk in blindness. He loves us too much to let that happen. He wants us to turn so we will be healed. We're not just blind because we blind ourselves. We also have an enemy who's blinding us. Satan. He wants to blind our minds so that we will be tormented and worse. God explains this to the church at Corinth. He says, and even if our gospel is veiled, that means they can't see it. They can't understand that this is God with us. 
Jesus Christ is God come down to save the human race. Even if they can't see Jesus for who he is, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the gospel, the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. They cannot see because he has blinded them. So how bad's the damage? The damage that I've done, the damage that the enemy's done, how bad is it? The damage is catastrophic. And God explains our condition to the church at Ephesus. And this diagnosis, it's hard to swallow. As you read the Bible, the picture that reflects back to you of your condition as a human being, it's not a pretty picture. And like I said, it offends our sensibilities because we're Americans. And uh, we like to feel like we have it together. And we don't. And this picture that God's going to give us right now It's a pretty catastrophic picture. So let's take a look. It's in Ephesians. It says, so I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. In other words, you could still live as the Gentiles do. People who are far from God, who don't know God, their thinking is futile. That means it's totally ineffective. Their mind doesn't work as it was designed to work. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And I could live that way for years as a Christian. I could keep walking like I used to walk and thinking like I used to think for years. Don't do that. Don't do that. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding. There's that word again. They're separated from the life of God and the good things that God wants to give them because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. They've wrapped their hearts and wrapped their minds around things that they think and want and they're not going to let go. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in impurity. And they are full of greed. What's the picture? The picture is that our mind is caked with this hard crust of dark, dirty ignorance, shot through with greed and sensuality. What a negative image of my mind. The old mind brought into the new life in Christ. And God wants to clean it out. And this is not just for people who are far from God, which is what this passage is talking about. This is also true for Christians. The disciples, the guys who followed Jesus, who left everything to follow him and learn from him. These guys were highly motivated people. They wanted to know what Jesus was teaching. They wanted to understand God. They were really hungry, as many of us may be. But even they could not understand. Even they could not see as God sees. And you see this in this This account of a conversation these disciples were having, they had just seen some really big miracles that Jesus had done. He had just taught them a bunch of things that he wanted them to understand. And they're walking to the next town, and as they're walking to the next town, they're talking to each other, trying to make sense of it, and he's listening to them, and he realizes they don't get it. They don't see. They don't understand. Even people who want to understand aren't understanding. You can read it in Mark. Mark 8, it says, Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see and understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? These are people like me who really love God and want to obey God, but they don't understand what God is trying to teach them. This is the condition of our mind when we bring it from the world 
into our Christian life. And as we move through the American culture, it is constantly downloading and bringing into, its, into our minds the way of thinking that the world has. And it makes it very hard for us to understand what God wants us to do, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what do we do? The answer is we need to renew our minds. We need to make our minds new. We need to clean them out. So how do we do that? To mix metaphors a little bit, I have over here on the stage a jar. And as you can see, it's pretty cloudy. You can't see through it. This is a metaphor for my mind. And when I hold it up to my eyes, if I tried to walk over there to that door, I wouldn't make it very far. I'd stumble off the stage. I'd hurt myself badly because I can't see through it. But what if I really wanted to? You know, I believed in my heart, like Oprah says, right? I really wanted to. I still couldn't see. Because it's not about want to. It's ability. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. That's what Romans said. It's a disability. We cannot see through because the mind is full of mud. So what would you advise me to do to clean out this dirty glass of water? Well, you'd probably say filter it. And hey, I have a Brita water filter. Hey, wonderful. Now, the purpose of a filter is to make the water clear. So I'm going to pour it in here like this. And this process of filtration, it's slow. It doesn't happen all at once. It takes time. It takes the constant application of force. In this case, the physical force of gravity. And as gravity pushes the water through the filter, over time what comes out is clear and clean water. And that's what we need to do with our mind. We need to wash our mind through a filter. And what filter do we need? The filter that we need is not a thing. It's a person. That person is Jesus Christ. He is the filter. He is the great physician who can heal the blind. And if I and you will come to him daily with our many blindnesses and beg him to help us see as he sees, he's promised to help us. And I want to look at how he does that for the rest of our time. There's a story of a man who was blind and he came to Jesus and Jesus healed him so he could see. And that's a great thing. But that story was recorded for our benefit so that we could understand something about our own spiritual blindness. Let's read that story and see what God is trying to teach us through it. This is from Mark 8, 22 through 26. It's a story about a blind man. It says they came to Bethsaida. And some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hand on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. Now, the first thing that really stood out to me about this man and his friends was their humility. They begged Jesus to heal him. This guy was desperate. This guy had gotten to the end of his rope. He had probably tried every kind of human healer that he could find. And he was tired of walking around in the dark and stumbling with all the pain and frustration that comes with it. And so he comes to Jesus without precondition, without, without any kind of limitation, and he says, 
Heal me. Help me see, please. This is the attitude that we have to take if we want to heal our minds of the blindness that we have. We have to humble ourselves because Jesus Christ wants to heal me. He wants to heal you, but he heals the humble. Look at what it says. It says they came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Something else about his humility was he didn't get offended when Jesus spit in his face. Take a look at that part. It says that when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? This guy comes to Jesus humbly and he gets spit in the face. He spit in his face. I mean, what would you do in that situation if someone spit in your face? If your doctor spit in your face? How offensive, right? I mean, how offensive. And that is what it's like when we bring our mind to Christ and we allow him to begin to do the work of renewal. It's offensive. He offends all sorts of our American sensibilities. Things that we really, really value, they're worthless to him. Things that are worthless to us are very valuable to him. The way we think things work, the cause and effect, he says, no, it doesn't work that way. You're totally missing it. The goals we have, the, the picture of what's good and right and true, you know, issues that we kind of almost wrap our identity around, things we're proud of, things we post online, things that kind of define our thinking in this life. He tears it all up. He rearranges it all. And that's offensive, like being spit on. But how does this blind man respond? He doesn't say, that's it, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to be spit on. He has humility to stick with Christ and allow him to finish the work. We have to follow his example and humbly come to the Lord and ask him to cure us of our many blindnesses. So where are you blind? What has got you stuck? Where are the pain points in your life? Maybe it's a sin that you're still struggling with and you can't get over it. It's still enslaving you. You've done your best and you don't know how to break it. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe you just you struggle with anxiety or fear or you just have this constant anger that's always simmering under the surface. You're easily upset all the time and you don't know why. You don't know why. There's conflict. You feel frustrated. Things are not going the way you want. There are things that are afflicting you and they've been making you trip and stumble for a long time. You tried. You really have tried. There was that one time you got really serious and you tried to do what God said and you tried to apply what the Bible said and it didn't work. And it's easy to throw up our hands and just kind of settle for an ordinary life in Christ. But like the song we sang, God wants us to thrive. When Christ begins to change our minds, it it can be offensive. It can be hard. And the word that's used in the passage in Romans, renew your mind, that word means renovate. Renovate. Have you ever seen a house being renovated? This is a picture of a, of a kitchen before it was renovated. It's, it's a nice kitchen. I mean, it looks, looks nicer than my kitchen. I like it. But it's not the way the designer wants it. It doesn't fit the pattern of the person who owns it. And so the person who owns it decided to do a renovation. And this is what it looks like when you renovate a house, when you renovate a kitchen. Look at that. That is so ugly. It's so dirty. It's torn apart. They ripped out the carpets. You can see the, the, the pipes and the wires. I mean, it's just, it's nasty to look at. And this is what it's like when God begins to renovate our mind. He tears things all up. He rearranges things. Not to leave them like that, but because there's a process of renovation. 
This blind man didn't walk away the first time that Jesus began to heal him. Look, look at what it says in the passage. It says that once more Jesus, once more Jesus tried to, once more Jesus uh, uh, put his hands on the man's eyes. In other words, it didn't work the first time. Jesus said to the guy, what do you see? And he said, I see trees. Those aren't people. Trees aren't people. It would be easy for you in the middle of allowing God to renew your mind, the process of filtering your thoughts, to just say, it's not working. I see trees. It doesn't make any sense. Things actually get worse before they get better. This is worse than before. Can we go back to the previous picture? This is nicer than the renovation picture. It'd be easy in the middle of this process to say, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go back. But you never go back. You can never go back. It's just a mess. But if we will be patient like the blind man and we will endure and allow God to rinse our mind and do his work of healing, then we'll be able to see like the blind man sees. Let's look at the the picture of the finished product. That's nice. That's good. That's pleasing. And that's perfect to the person who created it. God has a design for our minds and he wants to renovate them so that they fit his pattern. So that they do what they were designed to do, which is test and approve what God's will is. He wants us to be able to see as he sees so that we can do what he wants us to do. And if we will bring him our blindnesses, if we'll be humble and come to him and admit, I don't understand what's going on here. I've tried the best the world has to offer. I've tried psychologists and psychiatrists and I've tried doctors. I've tried economic advisors. I put my faith in strong people and none of it's working. None of it's helping me get progress. And if we come to God and say, please show me, help me to understand this from your angle, change my mind so I can see as you see, so I can see what's going on in my life so that I can obey and please you. God will do that. He will begin to transform our minds. And it's a slow process. You may have to wash your mind through the scriptures and prayer again and again. And that's what we do. We come to God in prayer We open up the scriptures and we begin to pour our thoughts and our feelings and our convictions, our goals and our plans. We begin to pour those through what God has to say, what God thinks. And you find that in the Bible. And as we do, things begin to clear up. And if you keep doing it again and again and again and again and again. Then you'll be able to see. And this is what God wants for you and me. He wants you to see the truth. Not what our world says. Not what we think. What's really, really true. So that we can walk with him and be blessed in our life. That's what he wants. But we have to do our part. This is why he came into the world. Jesus says this in John 9. He says, I entered this world to render judgment. I'm the judge. I'm the one who sees things as they are. I'm the one who can really weigh and measure and call balls and strikes. I'm the one you should listen to. I'm the one who knows. I've entered this world to render judgment for the entire human race, for every man who ever lived and for every man who will live. I am the judge. And I have come to give sight to the blind. I want those who are blind to see. And... I've come to show those who think they see that they are blind. We want to be the first, not the second. We want to be the kind of people who come to God and say, I, 
I have blindness. This thing in my life, I cannot figure it out. I want to please you. I want to do good here. I don't know what to do. Would you please help me see? And if we allow God to to transform our minds, to renovate our minds, then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And for those of us who have been saved by God, who know the goodness and love of God, who, who really have a sense of God's provision and his protection and his love and his comfort and all the good that God has done for us, we want to respond to him. We want to make our life a living sacrifice. We really do want to love him with all of our mind and all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our strength. We want to do that. And we will be able to do that when we can see as God sees. So what's your next step? If you today accept the evaluation of your mind that God gives us in the scriptures, then you you hopefully want to take some sort of practical step to begin the process of transforming your mind. I have three things I want to recommend to you. And they're on the connection card. They're in the program, in the handout. The first one is this. I, I really want to encourage you to begin to filter your mind through the Bible. And here's, here's specifically what I mean. There's a book in the Bible called Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, just like there's 31 days in most months. And Proverbs is an instant filter. I've been reading Proverbs over the last couple weeks in my personal time with God, and it's nuts, man. Proverbs is such a great book. You've got to read Proverbs. Because Proverbs, it's all about this is more valuable than that. This causes that. When this is going on, guys, here's what's really behind it. This is the true nature of this thing that you all deal with. Hey, guys, do you want this? This is the path to get it. Proverbs is an instant filter. It's, it's, I tried to read through a couple of Proverbs a day. I can't do it. I can't even get through one chapter. It's just so good. And I want to encourage you to read one chapter of Proverbs a day. Do it for 30 days. It will transform your mind in a big way. It's not going to finish the work, but it's going to get you a good distance because you're going to be filtering your thoughts and your thinking and your your real lifestyle through what God has to say. And man, all sorts of things start to get renovated. I've been walking through the weeks and God will bring to me things that he said in Proverbs, things I was about to say, things I was about to do that he's like warning, don't do that. I'm like, "Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It helps me see as God sees so I can do what God wants. And I want to do what God wants. I do. I just, I'm not very smart, and I need him to transform my mind. And Proverbs is a book that he's been using to do that. So I'd encourage you to, to read a proverb, one chapter of Proverbs a day. It's a great idea. You can add it to whatever you're already doing. It doesn't take very long. That will begin to rinse your mind so that you can see clear and clear. The second step I'd like to encourage you to take is to come back next week and be a part of the, the series, Box Office Wisdom. So if you look in your program, there's a flyer for Box Office Wisdom. It has all the movies we're going to be looking at. And like I said, Box Office Wisdom is uh, a series where we look at films and the transcendent themes that they're dealing with and, and compare that to what the Bible has to say. And what's great about that is the pastors are going to teach us how to evaluate these films, how to pull out from them what is true and right and good and discard the rest. And we as Christians in this world, we have to get really, really good at filtering media. Because we may be cleaning out our filter through the scripture, but as we move through our culture and consume large quantities of media, it's just mudding it up again. 
And so the work of evaluating films and filtering out messages that are not true or distorted or disordered, that's a skill that we need to develop in this 21st century. And this next five weeks, as we look at these movies, our pastors are going to be taking us through those films, and it's really helpful. So I want to encourage you to come back and bring a friend, bring your family. This is a fun series to be a part of. And like I said, popcorn, right? So please put it on your calendar and and decide to come back and and learn how to do the things that we've talked about today. The final thing. Oh, actually, we have a trailer. That's right. We have this awesome trailer. Uh, Let's let's roll the trailer of the box office wisdom series. So you're just starting your day or did you just get off? They call it go, you know. So what is it you do? Find him. I just feel like I could be doing more. I'm going, Mother. If you choose to leave, you may never return. Who will I be if I stay? You're no longer a myth. Be careful of mankind, Diana. They do not deserve you. One more job and I'm done. One more job and we're straight. I want every agent on the scene immediately. (laughs) What are you hiding, Peter? Can't you just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? It's going to be a great time, a lot of fun, and we we hope you'll come back for that. The third step you can take to uh, begin the process of of renewing your mind is connecting to the body more. It's interesting in that story we read about the blind man that it says his friends brought him to Jesus. That's what we do as Christians, is we bring one another to Christ. We pray for each other. We share the truth and love with one another. As we walk together and grow together, God uses the body of Christ to rinse our mind. And so what we always want to be doing is asking, what's another step I can take to get more connected to the church? And this summer, we have a great opportunity for you. It's in your program. It's called Meetups. Well, they are called Meetups. So if you take out the Meetup catalog that's in your program, you'll see that there's a whole bunch of really great ways to get together and have some fun this summer. In the meetup catalog that's in your program, there are 15 different meetups that different people here at Church in the Valley are offering us to come and participate in. There are meetups for couples, and there's meetups for singles, and there's couples for, or meetups for men and women, and for everybody. And the meetups are going to be offered from June all the way through August. And as you can see, there, there are things that you, you'd probably like to do. They're a lot of fun. The first meetup that's coming is uh, this Tuesday. It's Burgers and Bowling. Uh, Caleb Collins is going to be offering this meetup, and it's going to be a lot of fun. If you like to bowl, you like In-N-Out Burger, it's the summer months. It's great to come and connect and have some fun, bring your family. If you'd like to come to that meetup, just let us know. Put the number down that you see on that meetup. Put it on the connection card. Drop the connection card in the offering, and then we'll, we'll get you more information. The second meetup coming up this week is for guys. Ultimate Frisbee. This Saturday, Shane Washam is going to be leading a, a men's Ultimate Frisbee meetup. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's a, it's a great way to, to, to have a little bit of exercise, to get around some good guys, and just to get more connected to Church in the Valley. And as you can see, there's all sorts of great meetups. 
And so I want to encourage you to try to go to at least one meetup this summer. The one that you think is interesting, you can take a look at that catalog, take it home, and you can go online to church in the valley backslash meetup and see a whole list of the meetups. If you'd like to invite your friends, and we hope you will invite your friends because this is a great way to, to have some fun together, you can send them individual links for each of the meetups uh, just using our website, churchinthevalley.com backslash meetups. This is actually a great way to get more connected to the body, and this is part of the process that God uses to renew our minds. So I want to I encourage you to, to read the Proverbs, to to come back to our series and to, to attend a meetup. And I really hope that over the next several weeks, God will continue to renew our minds so that we can see as he sees and do what he wants. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today and for your word, the light, the truth. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who has come into this world to give sight to the blind. Father, we have many blindnesses. We are blind. And we want to see as you see. We're grateful for your mercy and love to us. As we think about all the good things that we have in our lives, how good you've been to us, we, we, we want to respond. We want to love you back, but we need your help. Would you please renew our minds as we pour our thoughts and our convictions and our plans through the scriptures. Please cleanse our minds so that we can see as you see. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.